It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Rams, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Travis Rogers here. Another edition of Locked On Rams. Hope your Wednesday is getting going in a good way, getting closer to the beginning of week five. The time is it's going fast, and, and I got to tell you, the Rams at 3-1 and one are nothing but a incredibly pleasant surprise with an opportunity to really kind of put themselves in a position to be taken seriously as a playoff team if they can get some work done against Buffalo on Sunday at the Coliseum. I want to talk about a couple of different things. I want to talk about Todd Gurley and why he has struggled to get going the way that he has so far early this season. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about a couple of the decisions that Jeff Fisher has made and really kind of talk about his decision-making writ large um, so far in the first quarter of the season. Then I've got some scalding hot baseball takes that I need to get out of myself uh, that we'll do at the back end of the show. So those are all coming up over the next couple of minutes. Let me remind you right here that whatever your team is, maybe you want to turn one of your buddies on to one of the Locked On podcasts. Maybe they're a Patriots fan or a Steelers fan or a Seahawks fan or a Bears, a Packers, a Vikings fan, whatever it might be. Make sure that you let them know about the Locked On Podcast Network. we got all 30 NFL teams covered, 32 NFL teams covered, and of course the 30 NBA teams as well plus a Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson and a Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. We've got your Lakers covered as well. Did my first Lakers pre-half and post last night. You can go check out the guys in the Locked On Lakers podcast with Anthony and Harrison. So go look at that as well. By the way, just quickly, Brandon Ingram needs to put on some weight. My God. I mean, my God. Get that squared away there, B. Anyway, all right. Let's get going here on the things that I want to talk about today, and we'll start with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is not having a great season. Todd Gurley still has not had a 100-yard game, and Todd Gurley in the last game that they had against the Cardinals averaged less than two yards per carry. Todd Gurley was sold to Los Angelinos as the best running back in the NFL, not named Adrian Peterson coming into the season. That's simply not happening. He has not been able to get going. He has not been able to do anything statistically significant so far this season. He's gotten a couple of touchdowns. I thought that he made an incredibly important run um, late in the fourth quarter against the, the Cardinals on Sunday. It was actually a short pass that he caught and picked up a very tough first down that kept that drive alive that ultimately led to Case Keenum hitting Brian Quick with that second touchdown. Turned out to be the winning touchdown. So he's certainly contributing, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward with Benny Cunningham potentially being uh, on the rack for a while and whether or not Todd Gurley is going to stay on the field for all three downs. But let's let's be honest, even if he's out there and catching some passes on third down and picking up some blitz coverages and doing some other things that Benny Cunningham is able to do, Todd Gurley is there to make big plays. Todd Gurley is there to carry a workload for this team. And quite frankly, he's there to take a load off of Case Keenum, take some pressure off of Case Keenum and allow them to run the ball. 
there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, Case Keenum still has not allowed the Rams um, offensive play callers to open it up enough to take some pressure off of Gurley. And what I mean is, is that the defenses that they've played all four weeks, they still don't respect Case Keenum. They're still not fearful of what he might do through the air. So they're loading it up. I don't care if it were Walter Payton or Barry Sanders or O.J. Simpson. Isn't it funny to hear O.J. Simpson's name mentioned in a football context? It's always kind of weird, isn't it? Like Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, O.J. said, whoa, 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 what, what about O.J. Simpson? No, just football stuff. O.J. before before O.J. was O.J. O.J. was O.J., man. O.J., the juice. The juice was loose, man, right? The juice. And now when you hear the juice, you're like, oh, yeah, the juice. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's, let's take him out of it. Let's say Barry Sanders and Walter Payton and Emmett Smith and Adrian Peterson. We'll leave the juice out of it. Eric Dickerson, how about that? We'll mention him. He's supposed to be one of those guys. He's supposed to be one of the guys that can do it. And you you could have any of those guys. And if they're running into eight-man fronts, if they're running into nine guys in the box, nothing's going to happen. And the reason that nothing's going to happen is because I don't care how good you are, there's nowhere to go. The, 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 the entire front line, the, the, the line of scrimmage is just filled with people. There's literally no room to go. And until Case Keenum is able to do some damage through the air, and we've made some progress over the last two weeks, but again, last week they had two touchdowns. It's not like they're scoring 40 points a game. They're still going to make Gurley be the one that beats them, or I should say make Keenum be the one that beats them. They're not going to let Gurley do it. So until Gurley gets going, it's never going to happen. And here's that that's number one. Number two is this. Number two is when I can sit in the conference room at ESPN LA getting ready to do the postgame show, and I'm sitting there with a couple of former NFLers, Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison, and we all know what's coming on first and 10 just about every time, and we're right probably 8, 9, 10 at a time, and we know that it's Todd Gurley. First and 10, here comes Gurley. All right, second and eight, here comes Gurley. All right, they're in third and seven. Now what are they going to do? Give the, let, let, let's find some opportunities for the guys to do some damage. Let's, let, let, let's allow them to do some things. Let's throw the ball on first down. Throw the ball on first down so you can get in, I don't know, second and three, second and four. Because if I'm a defensive player and I've got a second and three, I know there's a pretty good chance somebody's going to take a shot down the field, which means I'm going to have to back some guys off of that line of scrimmage, which means that Todd Gurley, I don't know, might be able to find some room to do some damage on the ground. You have to loosen it up. The whole idea is we got to run the ball to get to the passing game. Not this team. This team needs to pass the ball to get to the running game. And until they start to throw, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at my notes right here. And on the 10 drives, this is from two weeks ago, on the 10 drives that the Rams had, seven of those 10 drives, first down play, run to Todd Gurley. Guys, I'm not an NFL defensive coordinator. I'm not a guy that watches the film. Okay, it's not my deal. I watch the games, but I don't really go through it like that. But if I can see these patterns just watching the game casually, and casually is probably the wrong word. I'm watching them pretty closely, but I'm not a football coach, and I know what's coming. You don't think that a guy that makes his living doing this knows what's coming? you got to mix it up. you got to take some of the pressure off of Gurley by putting some of it on Case Keenum. All right, let me remind you right here. 
that it's a good time for you to send me an email about advertising your business on the Locked on Rams podcast, becoming a sponsor of this program. Send me an email at Travis Rogers, or I should say a tweet at Travis Rogers. You can post something on the Locked on podcast page as well. Go do that. Help yourself. Help me. Help, help, win, win. One of those situations. Hook yourself up. All right. That as well, don't forget, you can hear me on ESPN LA 710 and the LA Rams radio network after each and every Rams broadcast. And that's why I got the Rams, the Locked on Rams podcast, because I am so deeply embedded in the fabric that is the LA Rams. I'm really the only guy capable of doing such brilliant work, frankly. All right. So that's topic number one. Topic number two that I want to get into is some of the de- the decisions that Jeff Fisher has made, and we'll just use the last game against Arizona as kind of the jumping-off point. Let's start with this. Let's start with the challenges that Jeff Fisher has made. And I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that you're going to win all of your challenges. I'm not saying that you should have somebody that's never wrong in the booth. And I get it that it's not Jeff Fisher who's the one that's ultimately deciding whether or not go or no-go. That there's somebody in the press box that's looking at these feeds, that's looking at some replays, and it's happening fast. The play clock's ticking down. You're either getting ready to snap the ball, the other team's getting ready to snap the ball, and you have to make these decisions very, very quickly. My question is this. You're going to get some of them wrong. But when the play is obvious, the way that both of these plays with the Rams last week were terribly obvious, the ball was clearly on the ground. Jeff Fisher challenged the ruling on the field. They were both ruled incompletions. He thought that they were both completed passes when they clearly were not. This is not good. I'm going to need somebody in the booth that's a little bit better at this than saying, Coach, no, 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 wait, that that one's not going to happen. Once in a while, you can just take a shot. The Rams very nearly needed those timeouts at the end of the game. A couple of these, this is just like the decision to go from two a couple of weeks ago. It didn't really matter because the Rams ended up winning the game. But Jeff Fisher being cavalier with those cha- with those challenges, ultimately costing himself timeouts when he loses those challenges, is going to be an issue at some point this season. And I don't understand a guy that's been around as long as he has, a guy that by all accounts is a very intelligent person and a, and a, and a decent football coach, is so reckless with those challenges. Those were both really really curious decisions to challenge when you're talking one replay on television like oh ball's on the ground let's keep moving incomplete pass whatever it happens right not him he's waiting very odd very unusual i thought that's number one secondarily the rams went ahead 17 to 13 right they've got a four point lead a field goal is not going to win the game for arizona arizona gets the ball back with two minutes and change so carson palmer is out of the game by the way not going to play on thursday night because of the concussion that the rams laid on him and ryan lindley has to come in or excuse me drew, drew stanton ryan lindley flash flashback drew stanton comes in and what are the rams kick off and what's the first thing they do they have a penalty which means that the, the the ball is going to move 15 yards further than it was supposed to. What happens on the next play from scrimmage? They have a hit to the head on Drew Stanton. Eugene Sims clearly hits him in the head. It wasn't vicious. It wasn't dirty. It was one of those, I'm going to take a little shot, and the second he did it, he did the classic, I have my hands in the air. I couldn't have done something, which is basically confessing to the referee that you just did something that you know was stupid and you know you're going to get flagged. These are back-to-back personal fouls. These are back-to-back penalties that took the Cardinals from deep in their own end to basically midfield. 
which allowed the Arizona Cardinals to take a couple of shots at the end zone. I mean, instead of making them move the ball down the field, use some timeouts, burn some clock, and maybe never even get into position to throw a Hail Mary pass, you basically moved them to midfield and gave them a shot right into the end zone right without having to do anything. But with penalties, and again, that's a Jeff Fisher thing. Because if, if he's not disciplining these guys, if he's not letting these guys know that this is not going to be acceptable behavior for his football team, this is another thing that's going to cost them games. And I get it. His teams are heavily penalized. His teams are physical. They knocked Carson Palmer out of the game. This is what they do. I understand, okay? But there comes a time when you got a couple of minutes to go and field position is everything. Don't take a shot like that. Know the time and place. Know the game situation. Know what is expected of you. And say, you want to take a shot at a guy in the first quarter? Take a shot. You want to take a guy in the third quarter? Take a shot. You want to take a guy in the fourth quarter early? Take a shot. Don't take your shot with under two minutes to go, the clock running down. You've got a four-point lead. The only way you lose, if they can get close enough to throw it into the end zone, that's a really stupid time to take a shot, and that's what they did. His decision-making and the insistence on excellence seems lacking. And I'd like to see that cleaned up moving forward. All right, last thought on the Rams before we talk about a a little baseball. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to make a prediction that we see Jared Goff this weekend. Not because Case Keenum isn't going to play well. I mean, he might not, but that's not what's going to cause him to come out of the game. It's because they're playing Buffalo. It's because they're playing Buffalo, which is coached by Rex Ryan, and Rex Ryan's teams send everybody all the time. They hit the quarterback a lot. They put those guys under an incredible amount of pressure, and the Rams' offensive line is mediocre at best. You look at a guy like Greg Robinson, and I'm telling you, he's going to let a guy get past him. He's going to miss a guy. He's going to miss an assignment. Case Keenum's going to get whacked, and we're going to see Jared Goff for the first time this season. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Like we talked about yesterday, the way that this entire thing has shaken out for them over the course of the first four weeks has actually been very, very positive. But I think we're going to see Jared Goff. Just a hunch, just just knowing that Rex likes to send what he likes to send, I think that there's a very good chance. And maybe it's just for a series or two. Maybe it's just for uh, a, a play or two. But I would not be surprised if we see number 16 on the field again. All right, very quickly, a Major League Baseball thought or two. The... Toronto Blue Jays advance to the American League Divisional Series. They'll go back up against the Texas Rangers. They're old friends who take turns uh, punching each other in the face at second base. Should be a great series. Looking forward to that. Here's why you know. Here, here's how you know you've made a massive mistake. When everyone on t- look, Twitter is full of morons and idiots, myself among them. It's full of people that fancy themselves geniuses and like to second guess after the fact. Okay, fine. But when everyone on Twitter when every baseball writer, when every fan, when every guy that really doesn't even follow baseball all that closely is saying out loud on Twitter, everyone else, hey, uh, where's Zach Britton? Hey, uh, where's the best relief pitcher in the American League? Hey, um, where's the guy that might win the American League Cy Young Award? Um, Is he dead? Did his arm fall off? Did he... um, have the runs? Why Why is he not able to go out there and pitch right now? Why is he not in a game that's a 2-2 game deep into the extra innings? And this is your season we're talking about. It's an elimination game, a winner-take-all situation. And, you know, eh, we'll just leave him out there. And then, look, I get it. Sometimes you bleep stuff up. It happens, right? You just, hey, I bleeped up. It ha- Who hasn't, right? Right. Now, in that situation, you probably don't want to have to say that you bleeped up. But Buck Showalter really bleeped it up. 
And instead of going, you know what? Yes, I should have had Zach Britton, who's the best relief pitcher in, in the American League. I should have had Zach Britton, who has pitched brilliantly all season long. I should have had Zach Britton, who might be the American League Cy Young Award winner. I should have had Zach Britton, who hasn't given up a home run since April into the game at that point. I don't know what I was thinking. I bleeped it up. He went with the, well, you know, there's a lot of decisions that you make through the course of a baseball game, and sometimes, you know, they work and sometimes they don't. And, you know, we were doing pretty good right up until the point that, you know, we lost the game with a three-run home run with Ubaldo Jimenez. Dude, when everyone sees it and everyone's calling for it beforehand, you bleeped it up. You bleeped it up. And he can do his grumpy buck. Well, you know, I just, you know, sometimes you make decisions and I'm the manager of the team. And come on, dude. How about this? You know what? I cost my team a game tonight. Or at least I cost my team a chance to maybe keep playing. I get it. Baltimore had nothing going offensively. They couldn't get anybody on base. That Toronto's bullpen was lights out. But the best pitcher on your team, the best relief pitcher in the league, in a 2-2 extra inning game and he never gets in the game? Inexcusable. That's something a really super stupid Little League manager does. That's something that I've heard really stupid Little League managers say. Like, well, I'm saving my best pitcher for the end. Yeah, well, you're behind by six runs in the second inning. You might want to put him in and see if you can crawl back into it because the game's going to end otherwise. Oh, no, I have a plan. Oh, you have a plan. So Buck Showalter must have been consulting uh, local Little League managers on how to use his pitching staff. A disaster for Buck. Can't wait for Madison Bumgarner and Noah Syndergaard tonight. That's going to be fun. We should do some Locked On Baseball podcast. How about just Locked On anything that's fun and interesting and stupid and goofy and irreverent and everything else? We need one of those. Send me an email at Travis Rogers, a tweet at Travis Rogers, if that might be something you want to do. All right, that's going to do it for you. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Rams. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.